Hello and welcome to another episode of Unboxing Women, where we explore why women in business are often called such a bitch. My name is Dana Rex and with me is my friend Micah Rose and we are both independent recording artists and singer-songwriters based in Europe. You can listen to us on our YouTube channel and on your favorite podcast platform. Today we are talking about the glass ceiling. What do you think about that, Micah? Well, I mean, glass ceiling is a very kind of common concept nowadays, isn't it? Um, I remember hearing it for the first time and having absolutely no idea what it was about. Um, I was probably still in school and um, basically for everybody who doesn't know, the glass ceiling um, describes women, oh God, how do I describe this best? Um, it Wait. describes um, the, f yes, Donna, you go ahead. <laughs> well, I'm struggling here. <laughs> it's the, yes, it's hard to describe, isn't it? Hmm. It's kind of the, uh, the place where promotion stops for women. So uh, there's a glass ceiling that we can't get above. Uh, so you can't see it, room. but there's like this virtual uh, limit to what women can achieve in their professional career is is that yes, a good but way also, to describe it? Yes, that's good. Um, in addition to that, you can see through the glass ceiling, which is why it's called the glass ceiling. So you can see through to the top tiers, um, but you can't reach it because yes, there's a glass ceiling. I would hope that nowadays we, you know, that there's it's less of a thing uh, that. There have obviously been been women that have broken the glass ceiling now, um, but that doesn't mean that it's like a free for all and all the women are at the top now and you know it's equal. Um, let me just go online, right, and find the actual definition, yeah, so, so that we know what we're talking about. <laughs> okay, it's an unacknowledged barrier to advancement in a profession, especially affecting women and members of minorities. Yes. I there like you go. That. I like that definition. Right. Yes. Well, the first time I heard of it was also, yeah, when I was quite young and I was like, huh, glass ceiling, glass ceiling, and I, I didn't really understand it. Um, but yes, I, I have myself actually um, bumped into that at one point. Um, you people who have listened to all our episodes know that I was a DJ before I um, uh, I started my Dana Rex solo career. And um, yeah, well, I, I can't say I didn't advance to where um, I wanted to um, or I could with the people that I was surrounded by at that moment. Uh, it's just that, yeah, there is, there is this kind of uh, feeling that women or people of minorities have that they have to do like twice as much to to achieve what the the uh, you know the um, standard white male privileged white male <laughs> uh, needs to do to get you know to get promoted or to to mm -hmm. uh, to advance in his career and uh, yeah I I I have to admit I have felt that pressure yeah. Uh, it's more a kind of a pressure and sometimes it kind of sounds like a conspiracy in a way you know what I mean yeah I think there's a lot of discussion around this there's a lot of discussion around how um 
um, men approach asking for a promotion and how women approach asking for a promotion. Um, and also that oftentimes, because of the different values that often, not always, but often women and men have, um, uh, like there have been studies that show that women value family more than um, having lots of money doing what they love. You know, so they, they, they like doing what they do and they don't care too much about how much money they make. On yeah. average, in comparison to men, they they um, still have that kind of how much money I make shows how much of a man I am and how much of a provider and and whatever and um, and so the 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 um, the ambition set is slightly different, I think, as well. And so when men approach their bosses to ask for a promotion, it's like with a higher um, amount of um, of salary than women would ask for a promotion for. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's also a little bit the audacity <laughs> uh, brought to the table. Um, yeah, uh, I, th- I think yeah. men are also more... Um, I had the word, I lost it now. Um, competitive? Mm-hmm. Maybe in, by nature than women? And yeah, like you said... I mean, looking looking at a career in music or in the music business, um, where there's well, apart from being um, working at like a major label or something, where it's very corporate and where you have entry levels and and you know like senior growing levels and the manager levels and then director levels and partner levels, I suppose um, that that's a clear cut corporate structure where you can climb in. Um, but in other places like independent labels or or um like pr publicity uh the marketing around it i i don't i don't know you know if it's not by a major label i just have the feeling that um these structures aren't that clear and it's a bit more you know you have to do uh, not only that one specific little job that you know that you uh, you, you took the job for you know you applied for but it it just the the I mean the less amount of people that are in um, a firm the more kind of stuff you have to do um, I, I mean I did that in pharma as well I have a, a background in in uh, the pharmaceutical industry and I mean it's it's the same the music business and any other industry is is basically the same I worked at a very small company we had like five people there so you touch a lot of topics you have to do a lot of mm-hmm. things if there's like 2,000 people working there well then you are very niche and you only do this little tiny thing mm-hmm. and and that's it and you you work in teams and you know if, if everything is different and obviously there's a lot of uh, different ways to grow laterally as well as um, as well as vertically or how how should I say this <laughs> so I think I think it's the competition um, between men or it just in general that men have you know like this this will to really they want to succeed and that's the pressure also put on them by society yes, that also yes but that is also it comes back to um the what they value most you know what people value most um and it, it, it has been proven or it's it's been a while now so i'm i'm 
gonna hazard a guess that my generation is going to be a little bit different but um, let's hope so when the, yeah but when these um when these surveys were made um it had been proven that men value um success higher um and they see that as something they can measure themselves by and not by how happy of a life they're actually living while women they measure their success in life by how happy of a life they're living and not by how much they're earning yeah and it's more of a family thing and i guess as a woman as the bearer of the children well if if you want children i mean if both people in that couple want children and you know it's obviously the woman that is doing the bearing <laughs> well, yes but it's, it's not not that's not just what i mean it's it's it doesn't have to be in a family sense like i'm i'm 25 i don't have kids um not no, sure i want not... kids but basically i measure my life at I do actually do this. I measure my life by how happy I am, mm -hmm. how many great people I have in my life, um, and um, not by how much I'm earning. Yeah, but I, I didn't mean it as something that I wanted to say about what you just said. I just mean in general that mm -hmm. if you have kids and it's clear that the Uh, the man in the equation is is still going for his career and he's still doing long hours, etc. I mean, you don't have a choice. Somebody has to take care of the kids. True. So yeah. as, a, as a, obviously the person who made them, you're more inclined to, um, you know, just jump into that position because the kids need, need, need taken care of. Yes, and that brings you me back can, to... You can't yeah, not do yeah. that, even though you yeah. want to have a, a, the same career as your husband or whatever, you know, something's got to mm -hmm. give if the kids are there and they need a taxi to there or they need to go yes. to kindergarten yeah. there and they, they need food and they drink. And mm -hmm. so something something's got to give. And that's what we've seen in Corona times as well, that a lot of women had to give something up because the whole with all the schools closing the children became you know an extra thing that they needed to be taken care of so yeah. you know if you don't have that conversation with your husband or your partner of okay look let we'll have to divide this equally mm -hmm. uh, it's it's just very easy for a, a woman to say okay never mind you know i'll take a year off or i'll do this or that and i'll take care of the kids because these yeah. human beings need your care <laughs> yeah exactly but that is something that um i think it was a comedian who um said this it's that um even at work women um are the ones who get shit done basically so that's what you say you know they see a job and it you need to get it done it needs to be done by somebody and while men say oh that somebody's not going to be me you know it has to be done but not by me mm -hmm. and women just see a job and see like well it has to be done by somebody and it's got to be done by then so i'm just going to fucking do it now let's just get it over with yeah <laughs> yeah let's just get it done you know i don't fucking care who does it just make sure it's done it's um, sacrificing yeah We do more of that because it's, I don't know, do we find it easier? Are we, are we, do we find ourselves not above sacrifice? No, I think we just, um, maybe. I think it's, it's just kind of um, seeing something, it's seeing things a little bit more pragmatically, maybe. Um, like not seeing things like, say for instance, I think this comedian used um, throwing a work party as an example. 
So um, somebody has to organize that party. Somebody has to buy plates and food and here and there and whatnot and set it all up and make sure it's all cleaned away afterwards. Um, and um, men uh, in that specific instance, um, which I'm not blanketing the statement, but, you know, in that yeah, specific let's, instance. Let's just know. get that out there. We know yeah. not all men, okay? But <laughs> if you're saying this, if you're still saying this now, you're not getting the point. So you can tune yeah, out now. Exactly. Bye. So um, basically, <laughs> basically, um, the men in that instance were like, oh, I'm not going to do this. You know, somebody let somebody else do this. I don't want to bother with this shit. And I want to party, but I don't want to organize it. Exactly. And the women looked at it and were like, well, this has to be done. You know, pragmatically, this has to be done yes. so that we can have a party. And seeing as nobody else is doing this, I'm going to do this. So it's. It, I think it's. It's not really m massively a sacrifice. It's more of thinking pragmatically, and then not. Um, I think men in that instance were like, "Well, that's beneath me." Maybe. And women were thinking more like, "Well, I don't care if it's beneath me. It has to got, get done." Yeah, exactly. And somebody has to do it. And this doesn't, you know, this doesn't make my worth any less just because I'm doing this. Exactly. I think men have a fear of kind of having their worth diminished because they organized a work party and bought the supplies and cleaned up afterwards. Yeah, um, that's weird. So sad. So sad. Yeah. But yeah. I've never looked at it that way. With the work party, that's a really great example. Mm. I mean, let's face it. Let's be honest, people. Who organizes the work party? It's the women. Okay, let's, yeah. let's just be honest. <laughs> and if you're a man and you've organized a work party and you've done the cleanup afterwards, please DM us because yes. we need to clone you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I cheese. Yeah, but basically, um, I think that kind of, It's, it's interesting how much um, our psychology plays into um, the whole glass ceiling thing. So like you said beforehand, it's kind of like a conspiracy. Or people say it's like a conspiracy and that it doesn't exist. And I do think it does exist in on several levels, though. I think there are several layers to it. And one is the societal aspect. One is kind of how... Um, how what men and women value and so how they then act accordingly and um another is also that just in the top places um a lot of the time it's rich old white men yes and they get along with rich old white men a lot of the time yes. right so when they go and look for their successor They're going to look for someone who will become a rich old white man, <laughs> um, basically. Um, so they will look for somebody who they can actually, they relate to, or they yeah. can, you know, the, the, who works in a similar way as they do, which is, I think, generally quite normal. We all look for someone who we can relate to, who we think, you know, Yeah, we're on I a think level it's, with. it's absolutely But at natural. the same time, yeah. yeah, at the same time, we need to actively break that cycle yeah. so that not only rich old white men are in the top positions. Exactly. Because you know, that's, it's just not going to work yeah, um, and, on and the long, in the long term. Saying so that yeah. is kind of saying, you know, oh, let's not, um, how should I say that? Uh, 
well, you know, uh, let, let's not, oh, you know, we can't blame them um, because basically uh, in Flemish we have an expression and it, it's, it says sort sucht sort. So kind searches for its kind, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. um, which is normal. I mean, you, um, you get along with people you can relate to, you get along with people who look like you and who think mm -hmm. like you. So basically, yeah, most of the time, uh, gender and skin color and where you're from, uh, what you've been through are all, you know, elements that feed into that. And so old, rich, white men will indeed like people who have a potential or who are which rich old white men <laughs> so yeah. it, i mean it in some places it's totally natural and normal i mean in our like animal brain that we do that but that's that's just it you know we live in this society that we've created um with all these things that we've created uh and we're living in that so we do need to have that mindset of wait a second, we've created this world around us now, we have to learn to live in it as well, you know, and mm -hmm. live together because we've made the world so small. So we, we, that's something that we need to do and need to take care of. And you're absolutely right. That's something that you need to consciously always be thinking about. Like we've said this in other episodes that even as women doing an, an unboxing women podcast, we sometimes you know, realize that, wait, what was that thought that I just had? That's not, that's not good. You know, you need to actively go and seek, um, seek out those things that are happening in your own brain because yeah. it's society or history or, you know, any kind of old uh, thing, put them there. So, so yeah, it's, it's not always uh, easy, but I, yeah. I mean, a glass ceiling, I definitely don't think the glass ceiling is a conspiracy. I absolutely, mm -hmm. I know it's real, uh, yeah. but I do know that we've been breaking it for a, a while now and that, you know, it's only going to yeah. get better. Um, but something new that came up a few months ago that you pointed mm -hmm. out to me that has always been there too, but I never really thought about is the glass cliff. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen. Yes. <laughs> so... I mean, also something that has come out even more with Corona or even Brexit, seeing as a lot of women have been put in charge of emergency committees when COVID hit. It's either because women do better in crisis situations when healthcare is involved, you know, or mm -hmm. they want a scapegoat for when things go wrong, which inevitably yeah. they would because this pandemic is like, it, we've never seen this before. Nobody knew what to do. Let's put a woman in charge. And then afterwards, if, if it goes wrong, we can always blame her. Yeah. Same so, thing, Brexit, Theresa May. Mm -hmm. I yeah. Mean, well, I mean, basically, so basically, just, just to clarify for a second, the glass cliff um, means that you put a woman in charge somewhere where you know they're going to fail or there's like a high um high chance that anybody who would be put in that yeah. uh, position would fail and so um when they do fail so you put um, a woman there not a big deal and then if they don't fail then great you know well but yeah that's kind of what the glass cliff is great but they are kind of 
looking to throw you, you know, push you you off the cliff and be Mm -hmm. able to say, well, that's what a woman did. Now let's, yeah, you know, exactly. the, the knight, the knight on his white horse. Let's let's mm-hmm. get him in him uh, in here now and let him save the day now. Yeah, you know, and then it'll be like, oh, well, if she failed because she she was a woman, no, it had nothing to do with our policies or our how good we are or whatever. She just couldn't handle the stress or, you know, she had a lot of stuff going on at home or um, she didn't set her priorities right or, you know, it just goes on and on and on and on. And um, it is insane, really. It is insane. And that's, I think, where the conspiracy comes in, because you can be a woman or a minority, um, a member of a minority and see this and say, I want to do this. I want to be in charge for, of that thing that nobody else wants to do. And I'm going to make that shit work. Mm-hmm. Or are you chosen by the committee of old white rich men to be put there? And that's the question. That's the big question. So I, I looked up the definition quickly mm-hmm. to uh, to have the definition of glass cliff. It says here, used with reference to a situation in which a woman or member of a minority group ascends to a leadership position in challenging, cha- sorry, challenging circumstances where the risk of failure is high. So yeah, that you know, do do we take that chance ourselves and say I can do this? I'm going to show you what I can do. Or are you chosen? Or are you put in that position? And then it's just you know, you gotta you gotta do what you gotta do and just make I mean, it happen. <laughs> yeah, it might also be you get offered this position and you think, oh my god, this is I'm never going to get a chance like this again. Because let's face it, right? That's what the glass ceiling is all about. Um, and then you take it thinking, oh, I got offered this position and I'm going to make it work and I'm going to try so hard. I'm going to do my best. And then you're doomed to fail anyway. Um, so maybe men would be less likely to actually go for it because they're like, oh no, that's risky. Yeah, exactly. So that, that's the whole question, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's the thing. What, you know, are you put on the ledge and do they want to push you off? Or do they want you to do the good job? Uh, depends. Ooh. Depends on who you're talking to, probably. Yeah. I think it's a very interesting thing, though. Um, I think it's something that um, is being echoed a lot in the society right now. Um, yeah. I mean, with so- everything that was going on in um, in March of this year, 2021, I mean, it it's just, it's very clear that uh, we're just sick of it. I'm with we. I mean, women. We're just. It's it's over now. We're just. Oh, we're just sick of all the historical oppression, basically, and and yeah, and, and the the the. Oh, you know, women are great. We love women, and you know, we can't exist without a woman. And then afterwards, like, oh, women. Oh God, they can't do anything. And oh, they're so this, and oh, they're so that. So it's basically, you know, we've been saying, make up your mind. You know, we 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 are equals. Um, yeah. Not only Actually, when you want it. <laughs> yeah, it's really interesting. And it's a little bit um, weird way of saying it. But um, I have been watching reviews of um, Trash TV. Because let's face it, Trash TV shows up all of our societal kind of bullshit. Um, What's Trash TV? <laughs> uh, like Love Island. Oh. Stuff. 
Oh, uh, that sorry. kind of stuff. That's, I'm that's, sorry. That's not trash TV for some people. I do apologize. I do like the reviews. So <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I call um, it uh, reality. It's reality TV. Yeah, oh, yeah, I don't it watch it because it's TV. like, oh my God, I have my own problems. I don't need mm-hmm. other people's problems yes. in my but, life. And I don't even know you. <laughs> but however, <laughs> um, this review is from uh, a German YouTuber and she reviews the German Love Island and other reality TV formats. But basically, these past two, um, is it two uh, series? Yeah, seasons, um, have actually been really nice because the women aren't bitchy towards each other, but really supportive and helping each other and being really nice. And in this season specifically, there's one girl who, well, there's uh, all of them kind of do it, but there's one girl specifically that keeps standing up for like against like sexist shit or like this. Um, her couple held um his his hand across her mouth to shut her up because she kept like talking in between him, and I don't think they should be together, but that's besides the point. <laughs> she afterwards then um then had like sat him down and had a discussion with him, being like you cannot do that. That is not all right. You know, this is that. And he kept arguing, arguing, being like, yeah, but if you do this and this, and she was just like, no, you cannot fucking do that. That's not okay. So there's loads of strong women in there now. And I think some of the men who come in are still super sexist, um, which is quite like, it always kind of surprises me, but again, it shouldn't, but there you go. Um, but yeah, it's it's insane. The women are actually standing up for themselves and it just goes to show that it's just mirrored everywhere right now. And um, I think that's amazing. I think it's really great that they're being supportive of each other. It's, yeah, that's got actually... That catty bullshit. That's really interesting. I should start watching this stuff. <laughs> no, that's really interesting. And it's really great that in, indeed, because it, I mean, it is reality TV, even though some might be scripted or, you know, one um, depends on what you're watching. I don't I don't really know if Love Island is that scripted. Probably not that much as other stuff. But um, yeah, I it obviously mirrors what's going on not on the island outside (laughs) in the real world and I think that's great that the women are now instead of you know seeing each other as as competition um Mm. because we really used to you know we really used to do that yeah and and it was all also uh of yeah these guys you know super sexist and like oh my god look at me and I'm so handsome and I'm gonna be like the pasha in this place with my harem yeah and and I've slept with so many girls and like oh my god but my girlfriend she can only have slept with like very few people but she has to be experienced because you know she can't but she can't have had sex with that many people (laughs) yeah exactly so I I think it's great that you know the women are now defending each other and and kind Mm -hmm. of helping each other through (laughs) the shit yeah but they're still sleeping with the other the other person's guy or not no no oh good um, so there's no backstabbing. No. So it's not a show. No. That's good. That's no. good. Yeah. Wow. I'm impressed. <laughs> so was I. There are like little things here and there, but it's never meant with ill harm. And they always kind of um, talk it out amongst themselves. They don't kind of go like bitch fight on on each other. But you can bitch fight. Hello. And what if men era. went into a bitch fight? What would a bitch fight be called for men? A, An I don't know. Measuring dicks. Is is uh, that not maybe. the thing? 
But I mean, measuring dicks is more like um, comparing who's better and not kind of what a bitch fight basically is, is an argument. Yes. Right. So for men, it's be like, oh, they're having an argument or they're having a fight. And for us, it's like, bitch fight. (laughs) Um, (laughs) We've got off topic. But anyway. I don't know. I I don't think so. (laughs) Bitch fight to me is something completely different, apparently, to what you are saying. For me, bitch fight is you know it's basically mud fight yeah let's pull some oh, hair really? <laughs> yeah. uh, well i mean yeah that's kind of the epitome of a bitch fight but um i think um i would also say whenever you're screaming at somebody uh, like it's two girls screaming at one another and they're really going at it uh, they don't have to be physical but you know when they're really going at it i would call that a bitch fight oh i see um, well, i i don't scream to to women <laughs> do you know I, I i screamed at my sister when i was younger does that yes count? <laughs> but no no siblings don't count siblings yeah. don't count <laughs> no no um i so, try not to i try very hard not to uh and i usually don't it's only ever been one person who's brought that out to me well i i think it's it depends on the woman as well i guess because if you are um I don't know if you're if you're I I see myself as a girly girl, but I don't really have like a group of women friends that I mean, you know, kind of I want to say Taylor Swift, you know, who like, oh, and all the girls together and Mm -hmm. and everybody's a friend. And I can imagine that a bitch fight would happen in that kind of group. Uh, But I don't have that kind of group. I have one best friend. Um and and then well a couple of you know satellite friends maybe uh but never never you know not close enough to actually start standing standing there and screaming at each other as as you know like women i think yeah the thing is though you don't really do that with friends though do you no Um, no because it's it's really something that would yeah come out on love island (laughs) yeah you'd have to be really fucking mad um (laughs) <laughs> and I don't think um, you'd get that mad at your friends. No. I think I, no, I, that's why not. they're your friends. Yes, and if you do, uh, then you they're should question. Friends. You should question the relationship because that's not yeah. normal. <laughs> no. Oh, I. Oh my God! What? I used to, in primary school. I had this. Um, my best friend. Um, she used. To, well, we used to get in. There's always two that start a fight. We used to get in fights all the time. Like all the time, like every two weeks we get in a fight and she'd be in a strop with me. And um, sometimes I wouldn't even know why. Like she'd be mad at me and I, I'd ask her like, what's going on? She's like, if you don't know, then I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to tell you. Oh God, I, I hate it like, when they do that. Fuck off. It was primary school. So um, yeah. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I get it. I get it now. <laughs> no, I So basically I, it's I kind of childish behavior. Yeah, I don't think yeah. I was that kind of I don't think you are that kind of girl either. I think that's no. why we're good friends. <laughs> Cause we you know, yeah. we can kind of feel it that that's not our our gig. I think it yeah, I I don't know if it's a specific type of girl who does this. I do think there are um specific um I do uh, think so. Yeah. 
character types that do this um, more often. But also, I just wanted to throw this in here for a sec because we're on the topic. Um, I was um, on a car share down to my brother's before COVID. This was a while ago. And um, there were other people in the car as well. So uh, I'd booked with a driver and the driver had booked a couple of other people. And this one girl was there with her boyfriend and we'd stopped off at a rest stop to just go to the toilet. And I came out of the toilet and she was there and I was just like, Hey, how are you doing? Um, you know, just being friendly. Um, and she was like, the driver's downstairs. And I was just like, Oh, okay. I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to offend you. And she was like, why are you still here? Oh yeah, yeah! Like what the actual fuck? So oh I went my god! Bitch fight! Yeah, and it's like I don't get it. Like it's just I didn't do anything wrong. I was just like, "How are you doing?" And I just wanted to be polite, and she just kind of flipped me off um, verbally. And um, what? And I talked to my brother about it afterwards, and he was like, "Yeah, it's probably one of those type of girls." who um, um, grew up being told, uh, don't be a girl's girl, be like boys' best friends. And um, like, then they get super jealous when they have their boyfriend and like see every girl as a competition. Yeah, that's one of those. Yeah, they see every girl as a competition. But I don't think think that's, you know, like a boy's girl. I mean, you know, like... One of the boys? No, I don't think she's one of yeah, the boys. <laughs> different. It is a different. No, but only has boyfriends, basically. I see. Um, I see. And I think it's sad that like you'd raise your daughter that way. Um, well, it's 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 a character trait. Yeah, she must have been a narcissist. <laughs> I have no idea, but I was so confused by that. It took me like a couple of weeks to just kind of forget about it because I don't was just even like, know her. What yeah. did I do? What did I do? You I was see? just being nice. And that's We're the gonna thing. spend five hours in a fucking car together. That's the thing. After She's... that was super awkward. <laughs> oh god. You're like, oh my god, you're still traumatized. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay, Micah, it's okay. I it's not your fault. And I think it's um it, you know, it's telling. <laughs> calm down yeah, <laughs> no it's telling too. that th- this person you know uh, and that's what she wants she wants to kind of you know poke you and see what happens because uh, mm-hmm. she thinks that's fun and it's a total stranger and you see how hard you kind of how how much you take that negativity on board and you're like oh my god what did I do and you all of a sudden you start thinking of what did you do and nah, 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 because you are a nice person and you you don't mm-hmm. get it when somebody just does that um yeah. and try tries to pick a fight like that hmm. I mean it's fine being an introvert and not wanting to talk but um don't be rude about it yeah I like, don't I don't know if that was I don't know if, if that was interesting. Yeah. I think she's a narcissist. I don't think, I, yeah, anyway. Anyway. Because, <sighs> yes, girls can be narcissists too. <laughs> oh, they are such fucking bitches when they are. They that are. That is like, that is really, that is, that this is, I don't know if I'm allowed to use the word bitch anymore, but they. Oh, <laughs> yes, we oh. are. <laughs> They're such bitches. <laughs> 
no, no, seriously, seriously, because oh, obviously I did, I did the um, the uh, domestic violence awareness campaign and everything, and mm-hmm. well, you know, the whole not all hashtag not all men, and mm-hmm. uh, it's true, not all men, and yes, oh my God, women can be seriously narcissistic and abusive too, absolutely, yeah. absolutely, um, and they can be um, physically abusive as well, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, but anyway, um, that's that's beside the point today. So yeah, yes. glass ceiling, glass cliff. I don't know. Have you ever been on a glass cliff? Has anybody ever put you there? I don't think so because I haven't been in um, proper uh, proper working environment really like you have. Um, I came out of uni and just kind of started doing my music and I've been doing like mini jobs. I think the closest I can technically go to, um, which I don't think was meant in that way at all, um, is when you're in school and you kind of have to do um, a presentation and um, nobody does their work. So you have to do all of it. And then if you fail, then like people are going to be like, oh, well, Micah did all of it. So Um, so it's your fault we failed and if you don't fail then nobody fucking cares I see um, Basically, so that's the closest I can come which is not very close at all um, but yeah what about you? Glass cliff in my working career my professional career maybe yeah I would have to think of of a specific glass ceiling glass ceiling yes at one point at the start of my career when I started to work at an advisory company I worked in HR there and there was like this weird thing going on Um, I was in my third year there and then all of a sudden there were a lot of women so uh, we had like a uh, female partners and female director and and managers and everything but in in human resources that's very often the case that the whole group is is women or even in the marketing group um mm-hmm. so that was normal but there was a lot of backstabbing going on um and was there a glass cliff for me Well, I don't know. I had to choose at that point to, uh, there was like this set um, promotion, promote kind of promotion route that you could do. And I, I was on the brink of do I, you know, do I stay where I am? Or do I do this promotion, which is a position that I'm not that interested in? You know, mm-hmm. it's but that was the only way to actually grow. It was like stay static or grow, and it was only in that direction. And um, I had already worked for, uh, so I was in in human resources, and I had worked for the employer branding team um, for a while because um, they organized all the. Um, in the the inter the interviews, I don't want to say the interviews for HR because obviously we organized that ourselves. But we had big selection days because in a, an advisory company, uh, you have like a lot of people coming in at the bottom, and they they're they're picked straight from school. So uh, we used to organize like these huge events called selection days, and I was actually the contact between HR and the 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 marketing. Um, team that had to organize the event you see what I mean mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and so I did I did a great job and everybody was happy and oh my god it would be so great if you were in the team and this and that and then they 
I, I had talked to the manager. So she knew that I wanted that position once that, you know, there was an opening in the marketing, um, in like the employer branding team. And then, um, so I, you know, it, there was an, an, um, a position at one point and I applied and then they, um, brought in somebody new. Well, it was not completely somebody new. They had had an intern like a year before who was also great. Uh, but it, w- it was the policy that they always took people from who were already working in the company. And so they kind of passed me over with the intern who wasn't actually working at the company at that moment. And I was very, very, very pissed off <laughs> because yeah. they were they were kind of acting as if it was all in the bag and as if, you know, oh, yeah, that's the that the, you know you're gonna get the job because we you know you, we loved your work on this and I had really done I had really done a great job and yeah. you know I was great with the team and everything was okay and you know and I had talked to the manager and and then there was I was just passed over and they they gave a contract to you know to somebody from outside um so I was very surprised and very disappointed in the whole thing and because there had been false promises made so they really just lied to my face and then did that you know so it's yeah. not that I thought that I was so great that I was going to get it you know and no it was there was really a process that had been done mm-hmm. so is that yeah. a glass ceiling I don't know. Why did they do that? Is it because maybe my position, I was doing a great job in my position. Was it more, was it harder to fill that position than, maybe. than the other one? Maybe, you know, I, I don't know, yeah. but that did happen to me. And then yeah. afterwards, uh, there was this whole conspiracy thing. Uh, I, because I left the company afterwards, I was, I was just too, I was really, you know, it was a depressing thing. Bed bridges, yeah. Yeah, it, I, it, I, it didn't feel comfortable anymore, and I left the company a couple of months later. And then, uh, all the people who had made promises to me, so I, there was the the director, the HR director, and the HR manager, and I mean, a, a bunch of people. They all got fired, like for, for in the six months following, not because I had left, but a lot of people were leaving, and they had uncovered wow. this kind of conspiracy thing. Um, that, that was happening there that, you know, there, there, there were things that weren't kosher that were happening. So they let a bunch of them go. So, uh, so yeah, it's a bit of a sad story. Yeah. It's kind of like the only time I've ever gone to big companies with an idea, um, of working with that company, they stole, um, that, uh, idea and then mm. did it themselves. Great. Which is always fun. But anyway, Yes, so um, that is all for today, I think. So thank you for tuning into Unboxing Women. Be sure to connect with us on our socials, which you can find in the show notes. Send us a DM or let us know your personal experiences with the hashtag SuchABitch. And don't forget to support your favorite artists through merch or donations. My name is Micah Rose and I've been chatting with Dana Rex. This is a bi-weekly show and we will be back for you all in two weeks' time, same time, same place. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.